Health Matters with Karen Key. And a very good evening to you from tonight's edition of Health Matters. Well, it's our monthly phone-in, and with this being Eye Care Awareness Month, this evening we're focusing on your eyes. We'll be talking about eye problems, corrective eye surgery, well, pretty much anything you'd like to know. My guest this evening is Dr. Pierre Fakale, and he's an ophthalmologist at Sandhurst Eye Clinic in Johannesburg. Pierre, good evening. Welcome to the show. Good evening, Karen. Good to be with you. And just a reminder before we begin that there's a list of available documents on the Facebook page, Health Matters, on SAFM. Or if you don't have access to Facebook, email me at healthmatters at safm.co.za and I'll send you the list so you can choose what you'd like me to send to you. If you have any questions for us, you can call us now on 0892 2010. Breast cancer affected my whole childhood. Fear or denial could deprive your children of a mother. There are so many women desperately in need of your help. Remember, early detection saves lives. Thanks to your support, a new mammography truck has been launched. Book now for the Pink Tie Gala Dinner and High Coffee events happening in October. For more details on how you can support this initiative, go to www.pinkdrive.co.za. Raise your hand as an SABC education initiative designed to keep you informed on how you can do your bit to make sure that all South Africans get the best possible education. Why? Because our future needs us and a great future begins with big dreams. We all dream. When our eyes are closed and the world is dark, something flickers inside. Is it a picture of you one day solving a global problem? Or you're all grown up and working with the sick? Or even though some call you old, you still want to try something new. Raise Your Hand believes in your dreams because they can be real, but only if you make the first move. Raise Your Hand is working with communities to take education and dreams to the next level. Teachers, parents and learners are taking control of their destinies. So, what would you do? Start with one simple action. Raise Your Hand. Wherever you are, whatever your dreams for education. Apply for higher learning today. Your future awaits. Raise Your Hand. Another proud initiative. Brought to you by SABC Education. We are ready before you get ready. We endure the traffic, digging or climbing. We go the distance. We'll now each have to serve eight more years. From inside the court to the markets, we bring you the views of the vocal and the voiceless. He's not credible to charge EFF MPs. Come sun or rain, we get you the story wherever it is. SABC News, Africa's news leader. Health Matters with Karen Key. Well, Pierre, the last time you were with us, we were talking about dry eye. And somebody was actually speaking to me about that the other day and saying it's rather a strange thing to call it when apparently your eyes stream quite a lot. Yes, it is unusual. That can be one of the presenting manifestations of a dry eye. And uh, it's really where the eye surface gets so dry that when the, the lid blinks over the eye, it feels that there's something there and it feels it, uh, as though it needs to gush it out. And uh, so we get this uh, sort of counterintuitive tearing of the mm-hmm. eye, but in fact the underlying problem is dryness. How do you deal with that? What, what can be done? It is something you can, you can cope with. Yes, it's a very treatable condition. Uh, it tends to be more chronic, and I think a lot of people are unaware of that, that once you start treating a dry eye, it, uh, we need to continue with that. Uh, and there are lots of interventions. There are lots of things you can do. There are lots of products on the market that you can use as well. Um, and there's some very easy, straightforward things that you can help yourself with too, which is uh, well worth it. 
Before we get into our calls, we've started having some already, uh, but I got an email from one of our regular listeners. His name is Colin, and he, when he heard you were going to be on, he emailed me this afternoon and said, please, please, won't you ask this question? So this is what he wants to know. A little introduction. He says here, I was diagnosed with diabetes type 2 six months ago. As expected, my eyesight became slightly blurry and my multifocals were of no use. I've resorted to wearing two different strengths of cheap glasses from glasses from the local chemist, one for reading and one for distance. My blood sugar level is now where it should be after following a strict diet and a single metformin tablet a day. I really feel great except for the eye issue. The question is, now that I've stabilized the blood sugar count, will it be possible for my eyes to adopt a new set of multifocals or will my eyes require a longer readjustment period before I can do so? All I really want to know at this stage, is it likely that the eyesight will stabilize? I know that you'll probably recommend that I have an eye test as eyes are as unique as fingerprints, but this is a lot easier and won't cost me the time, frustrating wait and obviously the accompanying costs. I yearn to get back to using one pair of glasses and he says his age is 60 something. Colin, yes, I've asked your question. Pierre, what do you say? Yeah, it's interesting. Um, diabetes obviously affects your, your whole system. And uh, in that initial period when your sugar levels are uncontrolled, uh, unfortunately the lens in your eye struggles to accommodate that extra glucose. And uh, it converts that glucose to something called sorbitol, and so the lens swells uh, uh, disproportionately. And so as the sugar level goes up, we become disproportionately more short-sighted. And as the sugar levels go down, so you, you restore your normal function. Um, 60 years old, the other thing is that the, the lens of the eye, uh, as an aside to the diabetic process, uh, has got to the point where it's lost its flexibility. And so we get this condition usually developing in your mid-40s called presbyopia, where your, your arms just aren't long enough to hold the, what you're reading. And then the, prints get, uh, the print gets a little bit too small. And uh, I think probably a combination of that, but where Colin is at the moment um, is this uh, condition where he's lost his ability to focus because that lens has just got older. And uh, so he needs both glasses for far and near. And uh, it would be great to understand that condition properly, uh, which I don't think we fully do, and to have a solution to that. But unfortunately, glasses and multifocals is, uh, is your best way forward. Is this going to restore itself? But all he wants to know is, is it going to get back to where it was before it started all the stuff where now has to use two different pairs of glasses? No, I don't think so. Um, I think once you've got into that, that age bracket, really, um, that that's that's pretty much it. I don't think it will regress. If your sugar levels have been fairly stable for um, you know more than a week or a month, at a, uh, at, then you 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 pretty much stuck with what you've got there. I'm yeah, afraid. Because he says six months ago it started this blurriness, and he was diagnosed with a diabetes six months ago, and he said he's resorted to wearing two different strengths of, of cheap glasses, um, and he's now wanting to get back to his new his multifocals. So what do you what are you suggesting? He should stay with those cheap glasses for now and just wait and see. Maybe he's lucky. Maybe it will. Come Back. No, I don't think so. You don't I think, think so? No, I'm trying to be optimistic denial. here. Okay. <laughs> I think, Colin, if your sugar levels are nicely controlled mm. and uh, they're fairly stable and they're not fluctuating so much, I think it's time to get your eyes tested again and get back into your multifocals. And get a new set and that'll be, that should do him okay. That should be good. Right, Colin, I hope that's helped you and uh, good luck with the glasses and the diabetes. I wish you well. I hope you're going to be fine. Right, we've got a call on the line. Ahmed in Durban. Good evening. Hello? Ahmed in Durban, hi. Years old. Sorry, got, we, Ahmed, got, sorry. Got, we, Ahmed, hold on. Sorry, we missed, we missed the first part of your question. You'd like to just, sorry, start again. Okay, I'm 66 years old. I've got four defects. Myopic, nystagmus, squint, and optic atrophy. My questions are, I've got cataract. We, must I remove it to get better vision? Will I become blind? 
the doctors are saying they can't do nothing, must have still visit an ophthalmologist, and what research has been done on optic atrophy. If the doctor has no questions for me, I will listen on the radio. Thank you, Karen. Thank you, Ahmed. Thanks for the call. All right. Thank you, Ahmed. That's that's quite a that's quite a list of, yeah, of cards sure. that you've been It cut. is quite hectic. It really is. Um, in terms of your, your cataract, as a 66-year-old gentleman, that's not unusual. I think you've probably earned a cataract at the age of 66, and uh, that's not unusual. You have a fairly significant um, uh, n- number of conditions against you, and certainly if you do have a cataract, I think you would probably benefit from from a, a, um, a cataract procedure for two reasons. Uh, if you do have optic atrophy, that would probably be the cause of your nystagmus and your squint. Um, but you've already got a compromised optic nerve and that makes it difficult uh, having a cataract for the ophthalmologist to visualize your optic nerve and your retina and obviously it makes it more difficult for you to look out of your eye. And if you have optic atrophy, I don't think you'll get your vision back to 100%, but if you have got a cataract, you certainly want to facilitate your retina and your optic nerve to have the best visual experience that you can have. And so if you do have a cataract, yes, I think it would be advisable to see somebody and get it removed you would correct your myopia in the process. Uh, would your nystagmus disappear? No. Would your squint disappear? I don't think so because of the optic atrophy. And then your last question was, is there any research going into optic atrophy? Uh, not a tremendous amount at the moment. We're all holding thumbs for uh, stem cell therapy and things like that, but I still think we're a long way from that um, in terms of getting a, a good uh, clinical result uh, to something like ot- optic atrophy. Optic atrophy, unfortunately, when the damage is done, it's very difficult. In fact, we can't recover that nerve. Uh, we can do things to prevent it getting worse. But uh, once that nerve is damaged from optic atrophy, that's it. What exactly is optic atrophy? Optic atrophy is damage to the optic nerve where the optic nerve uh, just gets smaller and really disappears. And uh, it becomes a very pale uh, nerve with, with very few nerve fibers. So you lose your ability to conduct the image from the retina to your brain. What actually causes that though? There are a number of causes, uh, there are a whole lot of different causes from that, from infectious causes to inflammation to congenital uh, to metabolic causes that can cause an optic atrophy. Um, and it's, it's really often the, a compromised blood flow to the head of the optic nerve. It's a very tenuous area and very susceptible to, to a compromised blood flow and it can, uh, it can be damaged from that. Uh, at the age of 66, uh, uh, Ahmed is in what we call the vasculogenic age group where the blood vessels aren't quite as pliable and as flexible and, uh, and so the, uh, the ability to, to transport red cells really to the optic nerve head is compromised and, uh, and you, you get a, diff- a number of different types of optic atrophy but the most common is what they call a non-arteritic ischemic optic uh, neuropathy where the, the nerve really gets damaged because of a compromised blood flow. This whole getting old thing is not sounding like too much fun here, Pierre. No. <laughs> <laughs> really, no. no. I always like to say this getting old thing is really not for sissies. You know, I mean, you've got to be really tough and strong to go through this getting old thing. It, we should be getting old when we're young so we can deal with it and then have the youthful part when we get older because I mean, it just sounds like a whole much of a better deal. Yeah, somebody said youth is wasted on the young. Well, absolutely. absolutely right. No, absolutely. If you have any questions, 0892 10 2010. 10 in King Williamstown. Good evening. Good evening, good evening, good evening, man. Hello, how can we help you this evening? I want to ask the doctor, I was recognized in 2003 about the stuck at macular regeneration. So uh, I would like to ask him, because the doctor said I've got two years to see. So now it's about 10 years, 11 years now. Macular degeneration. That's, yes. That's, yeah, it's a Stargard's macular dystrophy. Mm. Is that right, Masit Kola? 
I started to see it in 2002. I struggled to read the book. Now it's even difficult to see far now. I only see maybe three meters. Okay, how old are you? I'm 33. Okay. So star guards is a is a dystrophy. It's not related to to age or to uh, necessarily to race in this case, and um, it's a congenital defect really, uh, where the tissue supporting the retina is compromised, and the very central part of the retina gets affected. And so initially we tend to lose our central vision, and it can progressively get worse and worse. Um, it's very difficult to treat it. It tends to be a, a rent relentlessly progressive condition, and uh, we clutch at straws with this and. Um, and advised to go on um, diets that are, are varied with lots of antioxidants and we tend to put our, our patients on a multivitamin antioxidant that can facilitate retinal health. But it is one of these unfortunate progressive dystrophies that uh, does, does get worse and worse. And uh, again, we are holding thumbs for, for a, a cure or a genetic intervention with this, but uh, I still think we're a long way off from a commercially available type of product. Well, what he was saying was initially the doctor told him he had two years to see. He's now 11, 10 or 11 years down the line and he's still, Mr. Kolo, you said you're still seeing now and it's 10 or 11 years later. Yes, I'm still seeing, but I, I'm struggling to see because even if I'm, go, I'm going out, I struggle, but I can see. Yeah, I'm sure. And especially at night, it must be a bit difficult for you as well. I wear at night. I can't see, even see at night. Yeah, yeah. And the, the other problem, I even struggle to recognize people. I'm sure. Yeah. So, you know, functionally, you've lost a, a, a lot of function there. And, you know, to say, well, you're going to go blind, I think is, is probably a misnomer. But to lose a lot of your functional vision, I think, is what your ophthalmologist was get, probably getting at uh, in terms of reading and driving and watching TV and being completely independent. Um, and that's the tragedy of Stargaz is that that's what it takes away from you. Well, good luck to you. I hope I hope you have a you know it's a, a peaceful evening at least, and don't go out at, at night. It's, the other it's not problem good. is even it's difficult to get a job. Because mm. people say you are blind, you will you will never you you will never work. That's that's the problem. Yeah, it is difficult. That um, we do need more uh, organisations that can facilitate uh, visually impaired people to to have have work, at, at, and it is a problem that. Um, people don't want to take on that responsibility. It's very difficult. There are organisations that will help you to train for certain jobs. Uh, you know, if you know where to look for them. I'm not quite sure what there is in King Williamstown. Um, do you have an email address at all that, I, or somebody that I can send an email to for you? No, no, no. You don't. Okay. Well, look, I've got your your, your number, and I'll see if I can find out any if there are any training facilities in your area, and then I will SMS those, and you can, hopefully somebody can read that to you on your phone. All right. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. Good night to you. Bye-bye. Right. Off, back off to Durban. Dan, good evening. Hi, Karen. Hello, doctor. Hello, Dan. Uh, uh, doc, I'm 66 years old, and I'm a long-distance driver. Uh, lately, I'm experiencing my left eye. You know, when I close my left eye, I can see perfect with my right eye. But the thing is, that I've got my, both my eyes open with my left eye. I can see the headlights like it's uh, like a plenty of stars, you know. When I close my eye, then the, the headlights are perfect. Oh, and they can help me out, dog. So there's something wrong with your left eye then, you're telling me, okay? Yes, yes. You say when you close your left eye, you can see clearly, but when you close your right eye, you can't? I can, no, I can see, but like the, the headlights are like a lot of stars, you know. There's it's a, not, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
So what you what you experiencing at, at night? It would sound like is is a lot of glare sim- symptoms, where your yeah. light your light causes a lot of scatter, and often patients complain that it, it actually causes a lot of pain. Um, and so a light coming from the front, you tend to close your one eye because it's just too painful to look. Uh, no, I don't have any pain. Okay, um, but that. Hello. Yes, I'm still here. Can you hear me? Hello. Dan, Dan, can you hear us? Hello. Dan, can you hear us? Hello. Hello, Dan. No, I think we're having a Dan. We can we not hear us? We, we're gonna have to get try and get back Hello? to. Yeah, we, we'll try and get back to Dan. There's obviously something wrong with his line, and we've lost his line. We'll try him again in a moment. But while we're trying to get Dan back on the line, we'll we'll uh, stay in Durban. Gosh, everybody's calling us from Durban tonight. It's Abdul Karim. Good evening, Abdul Karim. Nice to hear you with you on the uh, health show. Normally we have you on the law program. <laughs> how, how are you doing? You can't keep me away. Apparently not. How are you doing? <laughs> How are you doing, my dear lady? Good, we're very well, thank you. Abdul Karim, how can we help you? I'm the doctor there. How do you do, doc? Hi, Abdul Karim, nice to hear you. Yeah, I have a problem. I've been having this problem for about two years now. I, uh, I, I love reading. And uh, I, I, I sadly couldn't see properly. I used to get day desert. And then, of course, I, I went to the... Um, up to, Mentioned and then uh, he gave me glasses for reading, and it got worse last year, and uh, I couldn't see properly. So he gave me glasses for looking far and near. Okay. So and um, uh, I, I used to kind of feel dizzy when I wear these glasses for seeing far. Okay. I fell down many times because I couldn't see the steps when I was walking down the steps. They looked near, and yet when I jumped, in, I jumped in the wrong place, and I fell many times. Well, I reported it, and then he, he sent me to an eye clinic. I, should I name the eye clinic? It doesn't really matter, Abdul Karim. What, 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 what happened when you got there? I, I got to the St. Adrian's Hospital, and uh, they gave me a couple of tests and so forth and so on from uh, March this year, and they said I suffered from cataract. And now my left eye is completely, I can't see at all. My right eye can see. So I went there on um, last week, Thursday, I reported that um, I reported to them that my eye I cannot see at all, and it's getting uh, worse every day. Sometimes I'm walking on things, and uh, they said I'll have to wait. Uh, I don't know until when. What can I do in the meantime? Yeah, it's a difficult one to do, and in fact, I think yourself and Dan from Durban have the same sort of problem, uh, where you get. Um, and a pacification of your lens, which is what we call a cataract, and that basically blocks light getting into your eye and uh, makes it very, very difficult to see. And in a situation like that, glasses are not going to help you because Mm-mm. they're just correcting the error. Um, in mm-hmm. fact, your glasses, it sounds like your first pair of multifocals or bifocals mm-hmm. that you're trying, and uh, there's an, always an adjustment period to that. Uh, but if your one eye isn't seeing, then of course you can't judge distance anyway. And mm. uh, you're unable to see. And so your solution to that is to, to have your cataract um, uh, removed and a synthetic lens put into your eye. And, uh, and th- unfortunately, there isn't a, an alternative to that. You need that obstruction taken out your way. And uh, you need that to try and get that seen to as soon as you could. Abdul Karim, when did they say they were getting... Okay, are you on the list for the operation? I suppose I am. Because they said, <laughs> sorry. Uh, the, the, the doctor said he'd call me. I mustn't call him. 
they didn't give you a sort of how long you'd have to wait or there was a waiting no, they list? Said, or, uh, when, when I went back uh, and I complained, I said, look, I, I'm not really having a problem. I'm falling down the stairs. I live upstairs. And uh, they said, there's nothing they can do until the doctor calls me. And uh, matter of fact, uh, I, I shouldn't have even come. But when I phoned them, they asked me to come, and I did go. Um, and then um, I asked them how long. They say sometimes it takes two or three years, but that happened completely. Oh my blind. goodness! Yeah, oh goodness, that is that is a difficult thing, and um, we uh, it's it's a very difficult thing that it really is, Abdul Karim, and we have a, a significant backlog, certainly in uh, the state institutions, where we we're struggling to keep up with the amount of cataract uh, demand mm. that's put on our system, and uh, and uh, in fact, this time. In, in October, what we call I Care Week or I Care Month, um, uh, there's a, an initiative that was uh, started by the Ophthalmology Society of South Africa, where most of the private ophthalmologists in the country are doing pro bono cataract work at this time, and uh, and it's an initiative. A lot of clinics, a lot of eye hospitals are involved in it, and you might want to contact your optometrist or an optometrist and just um, ask them to inquire for you if there are any clinics or ophthalmologists in the private sector that are doing pro bono cataract work. And that's in an effort to try and speed up this waiting list, which is a, a real problem at the moment. Um, but it is unfortunately a long waiting list. Um, and, uh, you know, in the meantime, your vision does deteriorate. Abdul Karim, have you got an email address at all? No, I don't. You don't. Okay, I've got your phone number. What I'm going to do is I'm uh, going to try and see uh, if there's a list of these doctors uh, uh, in your uh, area. Sorry, can you take my uh, my my son? I'm gonna be easier. Okay, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna put you. Hang on, I'm gonna put you back to my producer now. Give him your Thank cell you. phone number, and I will see if I can find you a list of possible places that are doing this work over this month of October. Oh, God bless you, my dear. I'll call you tomorrow. I'll call you tomorrow. Thank you very much. Okay, Abdul Karim, have a good night. I'll speak to you tomorrow. Thank you. Okay, very much. good night to you. Right, well, we're gonna try Dan again. And Dan, are you back with us? Hello, Dan. No, is Dan with us yet? No, he's not yet. It's no. Um, this cataract, this cataract situation, Pierre, is It sounds like a bit of a nightmare. I mean, imagine having to wait two years for a relatively simple operation like a cataract op. Well, it is, and it's it's um, it's something that we're trying to address in the country. I think we we have over a hundred thousand patients in the country that are blind with cataracts in both of your eyes, and a fairly uh, straightforward twenty-minute operation can actually restore that. And uh, so this is one of the initiatives uh, that was started a number of years ago in order to catch up with that backlog. And uh, the idea is that if, you know, every ophthalmologist in the country could do one or two cataracts um, just on a pro bono basis uh, through the month of October, we could actually bring that waiting list down significantly. So are they being done by private ophthalmologists as well as by private clinics? Where, where are they? Because I'm now going to be looking for something that's available where Abdul Karim is in Durban. And where would I find that? Would the Ophthalmological Society have it on a website somewhere? Or Yes, they would. The, on the Ophthalmology Society of South Africa website, they would have a list of that. Okay. And they would have a helpline to, to okay. get you in there. Because I think if anyone's listening as well, if you is it not too late now? Would you not have had to make these appointments before the beginning of October? Some clinics are still doing it and still taking uh, clients in and patients in. Okay. Um, others just do it for the week or the second week in October, but others continue it for quite a little bit longer. Okay, well, I'll certainly make some inquiries around that and see if I can't find a contact number because it sounds quite desperate. And when he was talking about those bifocals, I thought, well, he, he's a better person than me to even, even tried them because <laughs> my, my ophthalmologist always said, if ever I need them, he's not going to give them to me. He said, because you will fall flat on your face because I have a balance issue anyway. And, uh, you know, th I've seen other people wondering about with 
with, with bifocals. I think a lot of people cope very well with them. I'm just not going to be one of those, I think, if I ever get to that point. Yeah, there's a very steep learning curve yeah. to bifocals. <laughs> it's very it really difficult. Is. Yeah, it's not easy for Right. Um, I'm trying to see if Dan is on the line. No, Dan still just says Dan in Durban is back again, but he's obviously not on the line yet. We're still having a bit of a problem trying to get him on the line. Um, but let's talk about other eye surgery, though, Pierre. What else are we looking at here, and how easy is it for people to access? Um Eye surgery in general? In general, corrective eye surgery. Is that for, for to correct refractive errors, far-sighted yes. or short-sighted? Mm. Yes. That, that's a, that's a generally a laser technique yes. where we, mm. we change the surface of the eye and we adjust the curvature of the cornea of the eye. And that is regarded by, by a lot of people, including the state, as being a more of a cosmetic procedure because with a pair of glasses or a contact lens, you can actually see quite well. And so this is more of a luxury uh, to do away with either glasses or contact lenses. And so it's regarded more as, as a cosmetic procedure. Um, and uh, unless you, you've got a completely dysfunctional pathological eye uh, with such refractive areas that you essentially blind without, without any assistance. And um, that's more difficult. You'll see a lot of uh, doctors or ophthalmologists specialize that in the private sector. And uh, that's, again, fairly safe surgery. And um, it's a, an in and out sort of procedure with a significant impact and improvement in your in your unaided visual acuity. So if you have one of these laser surgeries, uh, your sight, is, is it pretty much that's it, just once off thing, or is it something you have to go back for, or how does that actually work? No, it's something that you wouldn't want to go back for. There's a limit to the amount of tissue you can remove from the cornea. So when we do a, a procedure like this, uh, we, we sculpt the cornea. That's the clear window over the colored part of your eye, and we change its shape in order to correct the error, whether you're far-sighted or short-sighted or have, have astigmatism. And obviously there's a limit to the amount of tissue that we have to work with. So if you're doing it, you want to do it once and not have to go back and do it again. Um, it isn't a permanent solution to never wearing glasses. I was about to ask you, is it something that lasts forever or what? How it long are you... Yeah, it doesn't last forever. We, can, we usually get good results for up to 10 years. But as we started with this uh, discussion right at the beginning, there's a condition known as presbyopia, which occurs in your mid-40s, where you actually lose your ability to focus because your lens, which is suspended in the middle of the eye, loses the, its ability to, to move and flex and focus. And so you, you either end up being farsighted or short-sighted, but you don't have the luxury of being farsighted and nearsighted at the same time. So we find with those patients that we, we restore their distance vision but they still then, then would need reading glasses as a 45-year-old in order to read. Right, so just if you have any questions for us, 0892 10 2010. I think we have Jeremy in Parktown on the line. Jeremy, good evening. Hello, Jeremy. Hello, Corin, how are you? Very well, thank you. How are you? Very well. I have to shout, I believe. Oh. Lost <laughs> many years ago. Um, I believe there was a clinic in Munich it's an election or erection clinic to do stem transfers. They take... Um, stem stem, stem cells, cell transfers, okay. Yeah, they take stem cells out your back where the... Um, sorry, the liquid is, and they transplant it into your eye. It costs about 250,000 rand. Oh, my goodness. I believe Judge Yacoub had it done, and he's got 70% or maybe 100% of his vision back. Gosh, Jeremy, your line is really terrible. You keep sounding like you're falling down a mine shaft somewhere. No, I so I'm, I'm going to let you go if you'd like to listen on the radio because this line mm -hmm. is coming and going. It's really bad. Pierre, do you know your anything? Box. Sorry. 
box number is 25200 Cape I beg your pardon? Your box number is 25200 For what is that? Well, you're still waiting a lease for me from another matter. Okay, um, Jeremy, I'm going to actually put you back to the producer and maybe, maybe we can call you back later because I really can't hear you at all on this line and I'll, rather than try and hear you now, I'm going to call you back a bit later and you can, we can talk then. Not to worry, anyway, um, I'll give you a ring during the week. Thank you. Okay, okay, thanks, Jeremy. Good night to you. Pierre, do you know anything about this taking stem cells from your back and using it in your eyes? Cost of 250,000 rand, it just sounds exorbitantly expensive. Do you know anything about that? Got back his sight, well, 80 to 100%. Yeah, it's, it's not him, but somebody obviously read about. Yeah, um, it's interesting, and and uh, we're not too sure why they lost their sight. Um, but it is an interesting theoretical uh, solution um, of taking stem cells, and a stem cell is a multi-potential cell. In other words, a stem cell is a, a cell that you can take out of your body, and it can become any other cell in your mm. body. So if you have a damaged retina, potentially if you put it into that area. Uh, in that environment, it could become another retinal cell. Or if you have an optic nerve, we talked about optic atrophy where the optic nerve is damaged and you have a number of optic nerve cells that are damaged. If you put stem cells in there, could they become other stem cells? Um, the problem with stem cell, stem cell uh, therapy at the moment is that if we do harvest stem cells from your body, from your back, from your blood, from whatever tissue we choose, um, and we, we harvest 50 stem cells, in order to have a significant impact on the retina or the optic nerve, you need about a million stem cells. And we can't, or we're struggling at the moment to get stem cells to multiply into more stem cells. So if you've got 50 stem cells, that's what you've got. You can't have much of an impact on the retina or the optic nerve with 50 stem cells. You need a lot more. And we can't, we're struggling to get stem cells to produce more stem cells. So there are a number of organizations that advert quite ag advertise quite aggressively for stem cell therapy and stem cell intervention. Um, but the research seems to suggest that we're still a long way off from a very effective cure. Um, and I do think a lot of people are spending 250 and 350,000 and not quite getting the results that they, they want. Um, as I say, from a commercial point of view, I think we're still a long way off from uh, a good stem cell therapy at this stage. Okay, so people shouldn't get their hopes up too much from what um, he's just said now, Jeremy just said now. No, I'd be cautious of that. When it happens and it becomes, and it's a breakthrough, it will be uh, enormous news. You won't be able to miss it. Great. Well, we have Ray in King Williamstown on the line. Ray, good evening. Hello. Hello, Ray. How can we help you this evening? Hello, Karen. Yes. Hi, man. Uh, it's Ray speaking, as you say, from Peter Marisburg. <laughs> oh, you from Peter Marisburg? Oh, it says King Williamstown on my screen. Sorry, I think uh, that was left over from the previous caller. Well, I was in King Williamstown, actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. How can we help you, Ray? Karen, uh, uh, look, I'm looking... Uh, it's actually... Uh, I'm phoning in connection with my wife. And... Uh, um, I, I heard about all the other things the doctor said. Uh, she's had, uh, well, she's been diagnosed with uh, optic uh, atrophy. And, um, well, oh, sorry, Ray, been... sorry, Ray, before you click your radio is on in the background, can you just turn it down a bit because we're getting I'll a bit of feedback. Quickly. She okay. wanted to hear. Oh, no, you can just turn it down a little bit because it's been getting feedback. Please turn it. Hello? Yes, we're back. Oh, please, Corinne, sorry okay. about no, that. No, not a problem. Carry on. Uh, she's actually just listening uh, oh, anxiously. Okay. Uh, Corinne, uh, um, the level we got to uh, for her was uh, they diagnosed optic atrophy. And uh, now uh, the final level where we actually reached to now uh, is the magnifying reader. 
which he's using uh, to sort of use a cell phone, and is a very, very faint vision there. And uh, they've, uh, they've put on a telescope as well uh, for, for a viewing. Uh, this was actually done to try and improve uh, uh, reading a little, little bit of vision. So I don't know where else, uh, what else can I do, because uh, at the moment uh, I've come to a dead end. You seem to be doing a lot though, Ray. I mean... Well, uh, I've been trying from last year, Corin. Uh, this actually happened to her last year. And uh, all throughout the year, you know, we've been right through up to the academic level. Um, and this is where we arrived. Um, and um, yes, and I'm looking for any other avenue like the uh, stem cell transplant or whatever. Yet, unfortunately. Uh, if I can talk to the doctor, he's right uh, maybe here. He can... He's right there, Pierre. Hi there, Ray. Hi. How are you doing? <laughs> Hello, Pierre. Yes. Oh, sorry, sorry. Can I call you, Pierre? Yes, please do. Oh, Pierre. Uh, Pierre. Uh, yes. Uh, I'm sure you uh, must have heard what I said. Yes, I heard all of it. Okay, uh, Pierre. Um, yes, man. Uh, I'm phoning in desperation, actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, the thing is, um, yeah, uh, they diagnosed that optic uh, atrophy, and uh, at the level now she's at is uh, uh, with the uh, magnifying, uh, you know, reader where she moves over uh, yes. the, you know, when she wants to read. Yes. But uh, there's not a lot of vision there, but she can pick up a bit. Yeah. And also now uh, she's got a telescope for uh, viewing. You know, a tiny little telescope, not tiny actually. Yes. Uh, a finger held uh, telescope. Okay. Uh, with the adjustments. Uh, they said uh, it's uh, now the latest development or something uh, where she can pick up, uh, you know, like colors or something like that. Yeah. Uh, there is a bit of an improvement when she does it, but uh, I'm looking for a next level. Yeah, okay. look at, it's a difficult mm. thing. It sounds because, like you've uh, been. Ray, Ray just let, let Pierre just give you some, advi- uh, some information. It, it, sounds, it sounds like you've been to a low vision clinic and they certainly have given you everything that we we have in terms of um, uh, facilitating a vision. Those little yes. telescopes that that we use are very effective for reading. Um, and the so magnifiers. you're familiar with uh, what I'm, I'm just I'm having. familiar with all of that. And it, it's very good equipment. I think you've been given good, good advice and you've been uh, given good help there. Yes. I think what you're looking for is um, a, a type of a cure, something that could actually reverse the optic atrophy that you've ha- that uh, that your wife has has had. Well, I'm hoping for that, yes. Yeah, yeah, and you know we're just not there yet, unfortunately. Well, um, I heard about the other callers saying about stem cell transplant. Not yet. Yeah, yeah, right. we we're yes, hoping, yes. and we we hold we're holding thumbs for this. We really are, um, yes. and and we look forward to a breakthrough. Hopefully, in my generation, that that'll happen. But uh, as I said, from a commercial point of view, uh, we still we still a ways off. Yes, yes, so yes. not good news just yet, Ray, but um, as Pierre was saying earlier, we need to be optimistic and we ho- hope not too long, hopefully in the future, in his lifetime, which hopefully is not too long away. Well, I hope in our lifetime as well. <laughs> well, let's hope so. And um, just keep listening. Hopefully, as, as Pierre said, when, when this does become a breakthrough, it will be big news and we'll all know about it. So keep your eyes and ears open and hopefully we'll hear something in not too long in the, in the, in the future. Karen, um, okay, uh, can I communicate uh, uh, with uh, maybe you uh, in some way? Uh, there's, you know, I've come to a dead end. Can I communicate with you for further avenues? Yeah, maybe, you, you, know? you can certainly do that. My email is healthmatters at safm.co.za. You can email me on that. Uh, healthmatters, H-E-A-L-T-H. Health. That's right, healthmatters at safm.co.za. Karen, 
Thank you so much. Thank you. And then I'll, I'll go via you if I want to contact Peter or Pia or. Yeah, we, well, we can certainly try and do That's something like that. Fine, That's yeah. fine. Thanks very much, Ray. And good luck to you and say hi to your wife. I will do that. Have Thank a good you evening. So much, guys. Thanks, Ray. Good Thank night. Thank you, Pia. Bye bye. Bye bye. Right. Gosh, we seem to be staying in Durban tonight. We've got June on the south coast. June, good evening. Hi, good evening, Karen. Hello. How can we help you, June? I listen to you every week. And oh, thank I thought, you. well, this being a um, topic about eyes does really concern me. Can I have a word with Dr. Pear? Certainly is right good, here. Good Go evening, ahead. June. Hi, good evening, Doctor. I have been a patient on medication for osteoarthritis and rheumatoid arthritis. I was taking... Um, Malaria prophylactics for my rheumatoid for six years. Yes. And I thought that the Nivaquin, Chloroquine, whatever it was, could have caused all my blurred vision. I am a state patient and I've been to the hospital and he reckons I have macular degeneration. All right. I've lost 90% vision in my right eye. I only have peripheral vision. And he said, there are signs in my left eye of that occurring. Now, is that normal that it occurs in both eyes, that I will land up totally blind eventually? I'm trying everything. I'm taking my lutein tablets twice a day. I watch my diet. I do eat a lot of green vegetables. What else can I do? And you're not smoking any at all, June? I stopped smoking about a year ago. Okay, so that's very important. Look, you've, you've got an interesting history here. You've got osteoarthritis and rheumatoid arthritis, and you've been on plasmaquin, uh, which is your anti-malarial, to, to just keep the autoimmune disease process under control. And that's, yeah. that's excellent. The problem with plasmaquin is that it can accumulate in your pigmented cells. It accumulates in a, in a, in a pigment called melanin. And the layer underneath your retina that supports your retina is very heavily loaded with melanin. And if you've been taking plasmaquin every day for up to three years, you can, it's not a given, but you can accumulate a level in your retina that can damage the retina. That is possible. It can happen. It's not a given that it will happen. It's not a given that it will happen. Um, If you have macular damage from the plasmaquin, it tends to be bilateral and symmetrical. And what you've got sounds like macular degeneration. And in your case, one eye is worse than the other. So it doesn't sound like it's the plasmaquin. It sounds like a different entity known as macular degeneration, which is age-related. It also tends to be bilateral, but is often very asymmetrical, which is what you're struggling with. And so it sounds like you've got macular degeneration that's affecting your vision. That's and not um, allied um, or caused through the um, Nivaquin. I don't think in your no, case. because he said I should go back onto it. I didn't take it for about three months. Okay. If it was the Nivaquin, I think it would have affected both of your eyes equally. And it doesn't sound like it's done that. No. Um, and if he's had a look at your eyes and he doesn't see what we call a bullseye maculopathy, which is typical of the Nivaquin, then I don't think it's the, the Nivaquin. Uh, it sounds more like the macular degeneration. Um, your macula is compromised and you might want to speak to your rheumatologist, the person that put you onto the Nivaquin, to ask if there are alternatives that you can use instead of the Nivaquin to keep your control, uh, the control of your arthritis uh, nice and stable. 
Um, in terms of the macular degeneration that you're struggling with, it's not a given that it's going to affect your left eye as well. It could, and you're doing all the precautions that we know how. You're taking the lutein supplement, you've stopped smoking, and you're eating a varied diet. You do everything, you're doing everything that we know how to prevent it going to the other side. Um, but again, you need to continue monitoring that very regularly with your ophthalmologist, please. Because I go through to Albert Latuli to their rheumatology clinic. Yes. And they, so far, are not aware. I've only got a meeting next month. Okay. So I must ask them for an alternative. You must make them aware that you are struggling with your macula, and that will get their attention very briskly. And uh, just explain your situation and, uh, and see if there are other alternatives that they can use. Because there's nothing else that I can do. You're doing everything that we know how at this stage. Unfortunately, it's a condition that we don't fully understand. And uh, there are two types of macular degeneration, a dry type and a wet type. He said, I've got a dry type. Which is very difficult to treat uh, because the retina just uh, fairly disintegrates in front of our eyes and we struggle to recover that. Um, but the, the lutein that you're on is, is about the best that we know how to prevent that happening uh, to your left eye. And, uh, and to prevent it getting worse than the right. Well, thank you. I was just hoping that there might have been a little bit more good news for me. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> I, I June. Haven't, I haven't had much good news this evening. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> June, good luck to you, and thanks for getting through. Thank you so much, Thanks, Karen. pleasure. Thanks, Dr. Good night. Yeah. You're welcome, Bye-bye. Right, um, Margie, and guess where Margie is? In Durban. Margie, good evening. Good evening, ma'am. How are you? Very well, thank you. How are you? I'm not too good. What's the I matter? listen to you every Monday. Last night I heard you saying about the eye. I said, today I must hear what okay. you're talking about. <laughs> How can I'm I help you? I'm talking with the cataract. Oh, another one. I've okay. Been, yeah, I've been to the optician. They checked my eye and they said I got I had it in one eye. Then I went to Mahatma the hospital and now they said that I got it in both eyes. From February this year, I'm still waiting for them. I'm actually gone blind in my left eye. Margie, I'm going to, we've got, I've got your phone number. I'm going to try and see if, because it's Eye Care Awareness Month, and possibly, I'm not saying there are, but there might still be some ophthalmologists or clinics that are doing free cataract surgery this month. I've got your phone number. I'm going to see if I can find anything. I will be in touch with you tomorrow. Please, and I'll, I'll see really if I can find something it. for you as well, okay? And one thing more I wanted to ask the doctor is, I'm not sure a diabetic, but when I have anything sweet, my vision is gone more blurred. Okay, that's that's a bit of a concern, Margie. Um, if you increase your sugar intake, if your vision gets more, more blurry, uh, that can be uh, because you're not able to control your sugar levels uh, with enough insulin. And uh, if that is the case, it certainly is worthwhile getting to a clinic and getting to them to just check your sugar levels as well. I think that's very okay. important. Okay, thank you so much, doctor. But when I went to Gandhi Hospital, they told me that there's two types of cataract. One is a soft one and one is a hard one. So they said Gandhi only do the hard one, and I must wait for Dr. Chetty to come and do the one on the machine for me. All but right. up until then, I am still waiting. Okay. Um, it, it might, yeah, it, it's a difficult okay, system to get so into. Much, All right. But Margie, I'm going to see if I can find a number for you tomorrow, and I'll be yes, in touch. Okay. okay. Thank okay, you so much. thanks, Margie. Right. Bye-bye now. Okay, bye. Right, and um, it's off to June. And I have to ask you now, see if you can guess where June is. She's in Durban. I'm in June, Durban. What is it with all of you in <laughs> Durban tonight? It's literally every sec- every call has been from Natal. This is amazing. How can we help you, June? 
Well, some of the things have already been asked. I have um, had my cataracts done, and I've, I've got a multifocal lenses, which very few people seem to have. You're very brave. I don't know how you walk in those things. No, well, I had multifocal glasses before that. Oh, okay. And see, that was no so you problem. Cope. Okay. And, and the, I mean, they're absolute magic. I can just see everything and everything. And, um, but I'm told I've also got macular degeneration, you see. And this was, I think, about seven years ago, I must have uh, been told this. And, uh, and I was told to look out for straight lines going wavy and then the ophthalmologist would uh, give me injections in the eye to, to slow it down. And like the other June, I also take my lutein and everything, although I was not told to. And I would like him to tell me where, why Preservision has gone off the market um, and also why it's taking... I mean, I'm, I'm, I seem to be beating this macular degeneration because I can't see any of it. Well, just tell us what you're doing right, because mm. we'd like to tell our patients yeah, that. Please do, June. What are so, you doing? I, I think, look, I think that's that's fantastic. Macular degeneration is is not a, a completely defined entity, and it affects everybody differently. So we all respond in a unique way to macular degeneration if you have it. Um, and... Um, and obviously you're doing something right, June. Um, the lutein that you're on, um, uh, it doesn't really matter which form of lutein that you're on. There are a lot of commercially available multivitamin antioxidant supplements out there that have uh, got lutein in and zeaxanthine and all these amazing antioxidants. And they, yes, they, I take that. Yeah, there's a theory. Now I can't get the preservation that's gone. Well, if, it's, if, it's, if that product has, has kept your eyes like it sounds like it has, mm. um, I would get one of the other products that have got uh, lutein in it. And there yes. are many out there. If you just go to your pharmacist and ask for an alternative uh, mm. product for, for retinal health, they'll have mm. a, a list as long as your arm. And I don't mind which one you're on. Some, some are, are more expensive than others, but in the studies that they've done on that, it would mm. appear that they all have much the same impact on your retina. Um, you're obviously healthy, and uh, this is a slower disease process in your case, which I think you should just be grateful for. I think that's brilliant. Um, some of them, I'm in an old age place, you know, and some of the others have got it and they uh, badly, and, and, and they, they say, you just wait, it'll come suddenly. Yeah, is yeah. that right? Not necessarily. No, that's not a given. Uh, that isn't the case. Uh, as I said, we all seem to respond in, in, an, in a unique way with this. Yes. So don't, don't live with a sword hanging over your head. Just enjoy the vision that you've got. Just um, enjoy. Absolutely. And also I was told I wouldn't be able to drive in the dark, and I can and I do. Okay. Uh, that, does that seem right to you? you well, your, your night Because vision. if you know you get the rings around okay. the lights... Uh, you get the, the rings around your, you get the rings around your lights because you've got a multifocal lens in your eye. Yes. Um, and so that's why you get the rings around your eyes, and that's one yes. of the side effects of a multifocal lens. Um, but that's not related to your macula. Your macula. No, no, no. Yeah, that affects no. your central vision. But it doesn't bother me. To, it does stop me from driving in the dark because as the cars come nearer, that ring goes away. Yes, yes, it will do that. Because uh, yes. your pupil gets smaller with the light coming close. Oh, is that it? That's right. Yes. But uh, okay. Well, just look after right. yourself and be so safe, Jim. Right, you I've sound never okay. Smoked. That's good, isn't it? That's to your advantage. It's very good. It really is.
<laughs> Don't start okay, now. Thank you so much. Thanks <laughs> for getting through, June, and have a good evening. And same to you. And keep, bye bye. Keep doing what you're doing. You seem to be doing whatever it is you're doing it right. I good night. Good luck to you. Right off to King Williamstown for a bit of a change. Pulani. Good evening. Good evening, Karen, and good evening to your guest. Hello. Good, how can we help good you, evening, Pulani? Pulani? Yes, Karen. Now I was just uh, worried about Mastola that I spoke to earlier on. That uh, if you're blind, yes. you can't be employed and, and things like that. Yes. You know, that is the myth that uh, people go through when, when Absolutely. you lose the sight. Absolutely. That was why I said I was going to get hold of some, hopefully, some places in the area. You're also in King yeah. Williamstown, Polani. Do you know? I'm also in King Williamstown, but I don't know where in King Williamstown he is. I wish I could give him my numbers because I know he's in uh, around Timbaza. There's a brain institute there. Um, Pulani, would would you mind very much if we actually gave him your your phone number? I don't mind. I don't mind. Karen. Okay, uh, we will certainly give that. Oh, that Pulani, you are an absolute star. Thank you so much because yeah, I said I said to him there must be places in the area that can offer him some training or some assistance to get a job. There must be somewhere that he can get some training. And you saying that you know about a place there? Yeah, because after I left Law Fob last year, I went to Pretoria to Optima College. Yes. To computer there. You see. Yes. And uh, there's a lot, there's a lot out there he can go. Oh wait, hang on a minute. Hold on a minute. Is this the Pulani that actually came into the studio and I spoke to you? Yes. Oh, Pulani, how nice to hear from you. How are you doing? I'm good, Kara. Thank you. And how's it? Because you 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 were working for provincial government, weren't you? Yes, I'm with the Department of Agriculture. And you came you came down here to Cape Town to Lofob to League of Friends of the Blind, and you did some training with them, and Mm. then you went back and you're back working where you were before. Uh, after 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 law four, I came back in April and then in July I went to Pretoria to do a computer course. That's right, I remember that. So yeah, things are happening. I'm I'm, I'm happily I'm working and uh, I've just registered for a short course with UCT. Oh, fantastic! Tra- on training and development management starting in November. Oh, that's amazing. So it's not the end of the world. That 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 is what I just wanted to. Well, I hope he's listening. And I, and if you don't mind, if I give him your number, I think you would be oh, an absolute. Give him, give him, even if he calls me tomorrow morning, I'll, I'll be able to assist. Him. You'll be an absolute inspiration to him, Polani. Thank you so much because to hear okay, your story, you. because your story was you, you went blind very suddenly. I mean, it was a very mm. quick thing for mm. you, if I remember rightly. Yeah. yeah. You know, and it was quite quite something to have to deal with. And you coped incredibly well and came down to Cape Town and stay down here for quite a while and you you're an ambassador or you were i don't know if you still are but you're an ambassador for blind yes. buddy day for lofob yes. Mm. yes yes i came there for that blind that's buddy right day. oh well it's lovely to hear from you again and thank you so much for the call and i'll certainly pass on your number thank you Not thank you Polani. have a great evening Thank you. Yes, yeah, sorry, Pierre. There, there's a, an organisation, the South African National Council for, for the, the Blind. Blind, yes. Yeah. Mm. And uh, they have a website, sncb.org, mm. that is a fairly worthwhile resource to, to access. And I think that might be a good starting point. Sure, okay. The, this Pulani that called now, his, his story is actually quite phenomenal. And he came down here to Cape Town and did some training with the League of Friends of the Blind down here in Cape Town. Oh, and then he went back off to. East, East London, I think, and then went off to Pretoria to do a computer course. And as you heard, I mean, yeah. he's just going in leaps and bounds everywhere. That's and brilliant. he literally went blind very suddenly. It was quite a, quite a traumatic experience for him. Yeah. Um, gosh, there's still more Durban calls on the line. We don't have too much time. Abdul in Verulam, if you can be very quick, we can take your call. Good evening. Hi, Abdul. Good, Good evening. evening. If you can be Good very quick. Good evening to you and the doctor. Thank you. Hi, Abdul. How can we help you very quickly? Yes. Uh, I have a condition called, you know, macular degeneration. Yes. And the vision is not improving at all. 
The greatest problem is uh, recognizing my friends and reading and writing. But the thing is, there is something on the internet uh, talking about a doctor in New Delhi. He does acupuncture and brings, uh, restores your eyesight, even if you've got macular degeneration. Has doctor come across with this news on the internet? We do, we do hear of alternative forms of, of intervention like this. Yes. Um, and unfortunately, it challenges my paradigms a little bit, Abdul, um, because we don't have a nice, large, randomized, double-blind, controlled study to show that acupuncture is of any benefit. And uh, your switchboard might light up, Karen, with calls protesting against that. But um, we, we haven't had a large study that shows that that's of any benefit. So... Um, uh, you know, I'd, I I would be a little bit reticent to to um, to recommend that. Okay, thank you very much. All right. Bye. Okay. Bye bye. So yes, there's there's a lot of this out there. So you're not quite sure what. Um, always worry about people taking chances with some of these things that are put out there. Yeah, yeah. There's a bit of a concern, um, and unfortunately, when people are are losing their sight, it's it's desperate. It really is, mm. and we tend to clutch at anything that can possibly offer us hope. Right, I don't know whether Bobby's on the line yet or no, Bobby isn't. Bobby in Durban, I'm sorry, we, we literally have a minute to go before the end of the show. We're not going to get to your call. I am so sorry. But thank you to all of you in Durban. It seemed to have been a show. All the Durbanites were calling in tonight. I hope that uh, you, were, you enjoyed the show and uh, we'll be back with you shortly. Yilungilolakwa is a heart-heating program dealing with consumer rights. We get the most informed experts to answer the most difficult questions. From fraud and corruption to protecting the rights of children. From purchasing faulty equipment to finalizing estates. We give you all the information you need to empower yourself. I am Alicia Jali. And I am Sipiwon Zawumbi. Tune into Yilungilolakwa Fridays between 1.30 and 2.30 in the afternoon only on SABC1. Raise your hand as an SABC education initiative designed to keep you informed on how you can do your bit to make sure that all South Africans get the best possible education. Why? Because our future needs us and a great future begins with big dreams. We all dream. When our eyes are closed and the world is dark, something flickers inside. Is it a picture of you one day solving a global problem? Or you're all grown up and working with the sick? Or even though some call you old, you still want to try something new? Raise your hand, believes in your dreams because they can be real, but only if you make the first move. Raise your hand is working with communities to take education and dreams to the next level. Teachers, parents and learners are taking control of their destinies. So, what would you do? Start with one simple action. Raise your hand, wherever you are, whatever your dreams for education. Apply for higher learning today. Your future awaits. Raise your hand. Another proud initiative brought to you by SABC Education. Health Matters with Karen Key. Well, my thanks once again this evening to ophthalmologist Dr. Pierre Fakel, and he's an ophthalmologist at Sandhurst Eye Clinic in Johannesburg, and he's been my guest on tonight's edition of Health Matters. Pierre, good, e- good night to you, and thank you so much for your time. Thanks very much, Karen. It's been good being it's with you. It's a jam-packed show, and hopefully we can do this again sometime. It'll be a if pleasure. You, if you have any questions about something you've heard on the show this evening, email me on healthmatters at safm.co.za or take a look at the Facebook page, Health Matters on SAFM. And don't forget, there's a list of available documents on the Facebook page. Just let me know which of them you'd like. But always remember to include your email address so I can send them to you. Well, that's it for Health Matters for this week. I'm Karen Key. Thanks for joining me this evening, and I'll be back with you again tomorrow evening just after nine with time to travel. But right now it's time for Stephen Coker and some late night music. Hello Stephen.